guys, welcome back to another episode of My Point of View with me, Camila. Hello everybody, welcome to My Point of View. It's a lifestyle career-based podcast hosted by me, an Argentinian human. Um, I'm trying not to say college student anymore and it's getting really hard because I'm not a college student anymore. I mean, I when this goes out, I still am. I'm going to be done with my first final of the three last ones I got, which is so exciting, but yeah hello welcome hi how are you i hope you're good i suck at intros so much um but yeah today i'm gonna get right into it because i'm pre-recording this i'm not gonna lie i'm recording this like 20 days in advance because i am going to be studying during this time and recording the intro saves me from yeah saves me from having to record it at the time or and or forgetting which could be worse you know um but yeah Today here we have with us Efia Salter. So Efia Salter is a mindset and manifestation coach, content creator, and the podcast host of The Manifest Edit. Her mission is centered around empowering ambitious women to stop playing small, confidently manifest their desires, and create extraordinary lives. She has, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to talk, say more about her story because she tells it perfectly. Um, she has such an interesting story about how she got into manifestation and how she got into everything that we talk about today. Um, which is just so, so important. And I feel like this past year, I've really gotten in touch with my own self and manifestation and all of that. So I feel like this episode, if you, I feel like this episode is going up right before December, which is the end of the year, the last month of the year. And we all want to be in our best mindset and we all want to know the best practices and the best ways to where we can manifest our dream life in 2022. Personally, usually the even number years are my better years so i'm very excited for 2022 very 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 excited um so yeah i mean i love that i i love this episode so much so we talked a little bit about manifestation and her five step framework that she uses um to do all of this we also talked about toxic positivity and the possible cure we can have to toxic positivity we also talk about how to connect to our intuition and how to be in touch with our intuition and I feel like it all the episode flows so nicely and it all makes sense together like the three parts that I'm talking about that we talked about it makes sense together um and they make the conversation even better so yeah I hope you enjoy this episode and I'm just gonna shut up and leave you with it now yeah Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of My Point of View. And today I have a very exciting guest. Hi. Hello. Thank you so much for coming on. Can you help me know how to pronounce your name so I don't say it wrong? Yes, uh, Efia. Efia. Oh, I love it. In Spanish, we will read it like that, so it's nice to know. But sometimes, again, since I'm a native Spanish speaker, I could say whatever with names. Um, but Efia, thank you so much for coming on. So do you want to give a little bit of an introduction for my listeners that may not know who you are? So hello, I am Afia. I am a mindset and manifestation coach and I am incredibly passionate about helping women to stop settling and to confidently manifest their extraordinary lives, whatever that looks like for them, whether it's the freedom to spend more time with their family or to experience the world or to go deeper into themselves and learn more about themselves. Really the work I do is about helping people get reacquainted with what it is they actually want and feeling like they have the confidence tools and resources to not only go after it but to actually get it yeah 
I love that so much. When I when I got the email, I was like, wow, I love this. So before we get into the episode and everything that I want to talk with you today, I ask this question to every guest just to get the conversation started. So how are you really doing this week, Afia? I'm doing really well this week, actually. Um, I've got a lot on for this week. I've got a personal trainer later today. I've got kinesiology Ooh. and acupuncture tomorrow. It's all go. Yeah, I love that. How are you this so week? So you're in Australia. Oh, so you're in Australia, right? What time is yes, it Yes, yes. Uh, it's 9 a.m. Ooh, here's 7 p.m. So I was like, yeah. Uh, yeah. How was my week? Wow. I don't know. I'm The thing is, I'm a month away from graduating from college forever. So I'm having a bit of a an identity crisis of I've been a student for like 20 something years of my life and all of a sudden it's done um and I'm a very like structured lover so not having that is going to be hard but also I've been having a really good week with work especially today I've been having a really like low time with confidence and self-esteem of course everything because of a guy as usual (laughs) man (laughs) and so today I don't know what happened with like Something about my job just got me too excited. I got some emails and I just literally started crying happy tears of how proud I am of myself and how far I've come. So it's been it's been a good day. I'm in a good mood today. <laughs> oh. Oh. So, yeah, I love that. But I wanted to know now getting more into the episode a little bit about your story. I know you have a very interesting and insane story. So do you want to share a little bit about that and how you're going into manifesting like your life as it is today? So for me, I did have a bit of a turbulent childhood, I would say. I grew up in the care system, so I was in foster Mm -hmm. care until age three. I was adopted later at age three, and then at 14, sadly, my mom passed away, so my sister, my brother, and I were orphaned at age 14. So growing up, it was definitely, you know, I can definitely relate to a lot of what you said about going through a bit of an identity crisis, because I feel like for me, for a lot of my childhood, it was that. And especially as a black woman growing up in Scotland and not really seeing anyone else that looked like me, but also growing up without parents and being in a situation that none of my friends uh, from school were in either. And so for me, you know, like you said, uni and studying provided a lot of structure to my life. And when I wasn't going to have that anymore, I was left with a bit of, well, what do I do next? Where am I supposed to go from here? I feel like I'm not quite ready to go into the world on my own yet. And I've not really figured things out. And that was a really difficult time for me. And I actually ended up going back to university to study for my master's. But it was not the right decision for me because I had chosen to go back to study my master's out of a place of, I don't know what to do next rather than this degree really excites me. So it led to a period of time where I was severely anxious, severely depressed. And at the beginning of 2016, I just felt like I couldn't go on anymore. I'd taken on too much and I was just feeling so low in myself. So for me, really personal development, mindset, manifestation work was something that I really began to take on and embody from that beginning of the year in 2016. But it's something that I have been practicing throughout my whole life. I grew up Buddhist from a young age and I always have a kind of more of a spiritual lens on the world. Things were maybe a little bit different at my house than they were at some of my friends' houses. And yeah, it really, you know, mindset manifestation work really changed my life. I went from that position where I was at at the beginning of the year, feeling so lost, feeling so disconnected, feeling like I didn't know where to go next or who I really was to where I was at at the end of the year, having just like such a deep sense of 
confidence in myself, feeling really positive about where I was going, having manifested some incredible things into my life. And at the end of the year, I decided to move from Scotland to Australia. And it was something that I just planned to do for a year. And I've been here for five years now. So, you know, things are always working out, even if it's not looking exactly how you expected it to look. Yeah, I love that. What made you want to decide to move across the world, literally? (laughs) So I had this realization that after finishing my master's that I didn't want to go straight into a career that I'd spent so much time studying and working so hard that I really just wanted to take some time to put a pause and you know, spend some time having fun and playing and enjoying life. So going on holiday, a working holiday seemed like a really good idea. Australia seemed warm, unlike Scotland. So I was like, yes, this is where I want to go. And I had a friend actually who felt the same way and we were going to be moving overseas together. And then a few weeks before we were due to leave, my friend actually pulled out of the trip. So I ended up going on my own. Yeah, wow, that's insane. And I'm so glad that it worked out that you're five years there. It's amazing. But now getting more into the manifesting part, because on the email you said you have a five-step tried-and-true framework for aligned manifestation. And I've been getting into manifestation this year. I really like it through like meditation and mindset and manifestation. And I really liked it, but I would love to know how you do it and what's like your framework and what works for you. Something that I realized about manifestation is that many people will start their manifestation at the intention level. And what I mean by that is that people will typically begin with, well, what do I want to have? And that was where I previously used to begin myself as well. And so something that I realized was that I looked back on a vision board that I'd made in 2018 and it was two years later and none of the things on this vision board had manifested. And it kind of threw me off a bit because I considered myself to be like a really powerful manifester, have all these incredible Mm -hmm. experiences and people in my life. And when I looked at the situation, what was immediately obvious to me was that there were so many things, in fact, pretty much everything on that vision board, I didn't actually want it. And the reason why I had ended up with a vision board filled with all these things I didn't actually want is because I had come at it from the intention level and I was like, oh, this would make me look good or this is something that I've seen someone else have, so I'm just going to put it on my vision board. But I wasn't actually aligned with my wider vision. So the five-step framework that I have, the Vibes Method, really takes people through this process of manifestation in a way that is so aligned with the truth of who you are that always it's in integrity with you. So it's not like you journal for this step or you meditate for this step. It's that you can choose the practices and tools that work for you. But what's important is following those themes. So the very first step of the Vibes Method is embodying the vibe of your higher self. And this is what so many people miss is thinking about, okay, well, what are my values? What is like so important to me? And what is my vision for the future? Like the version of me a year from now, two years from now, five years from now, how is she Mm -hmm. living her life? And does it look the same way that I'm living my life today? And if it doesn't look the same way that I'm living my life today, and I need to step into her today, I need to be her today, I need to start doing things that she would do so that my life is going to be in deeper alignment with where I want to go. So when you set this up, and when you spend time on the values and vision and really get in integrity with what it is your higher self would want and desires, that means when you go into the next step, which is setting powerful intentions, you have this really strong foundation, because instead of saying like, oh, I'm just going to pluck something out of thin air, you're looking at, well, 
something that I truly desire to have, for example, is impacting thousands of people and speaking on stage. And if you're at the point now where you've never spoken on stage before, then it makes sense to book in a speaking workshop or to practice showing up on Instagram lives and doing those sort of things. Mm -hmm. So it's aligning with your next level vision. So setting powerful intentions is also a really important part of the process because so many people set poor intentions, which leads to poor results or don't set intentions at all. And they're like, yeah, well, I don't really need to set intentions because, you know, I can just think of stuff that I want. But actually it's around either a fear of failure or a fear of fear of success that stops people from setting these intentions to begin with. So if you're not setting intentions right now, I really encourage you to ask yourself, is it because you truly don't like setting intentions and it doesn't work for you, which which is just not a non-answer it's not even an answer Mm -hmm. or is it because there's something stopping you from setting those intentions because you're scared it won't happen or you're scared that it actually will then from there we move into energetic blocks and boundaries which looks at the things that may stop you from manifesting what it is you desire to have and many people look at limiting beliefs from a perspective of self-sabotage but the way I like to see it is that you know, our our limiting beliefs aren't there to ruin our lives. They're actually there to protect us. And sometimes that protection mechanism goes into overdrive and does things that actually are not conducive to our success. But it's never out of a place of self-hatred. It's just out of a place of misguided self-love. So it's looking at... Like the... anxiety works. Sorry to cut you off. But like anxiety yeah. works. It's not the... Anxiety doesn't want to ruin your life. It's just trying to keep yeah. you safe. It just doesn't. Exactly. The brain doesn't really know how to process that. The fact that something's going on isn't actually dangerous for you. It's a whole other story. But anxiety is not like your body hating you. Anxiety is your body telling you, "Hey, be careful." You know. Yeah, exactly. It's like going into overdrive. So it's learning ways to dial that back. And if you are looking for that sense of safety or finding out what you're actually looking for and getting it from a place that's a lot healthier and means that you can still show up and do all the things that you want to do. It's really important in this position as well to also look at your boundaries and to say, what are you available for your life? What are you not available for in your life? And are you standing really tall in those boundaries or are you letting people push them and then secretly holding resentment against them and you're the one that hasn't really enforced that boundary so that's really important because you have to be super mindful of your time and energy because we only have a certain amount of those a day so where do you want it to go on the fourth step we're looking at balancing your feminine and masculine energy so that's how we take action we all have feminine and masculine energy within us whether you are male female or non-binary and it's really learning how to balance these in a way that works for you so that you can take inspired action so not just acting for the sake of it or not just blindly following strategy but leaning into that intuitive guidance that we all have within us that voice that so many of us have learned to ignore and saying okay let's let's actually listen to what this voice is saying and where it's leading me Mm -hmm. and often it's somewhere really really beautiful and then finally the final step of the vibes method is surrendering the how which looks at releasing attachment to our goals our desires our manifestation and knowing that it doesn't need to happen in a certain way as long as it's happening and really building your sense of faith and trust in the process mm-hmm. I love that all of that wow I am still thinking about the one about the limiting beliefs um because it's just it's crazy can we go back to kind of how to overcome those limiting beliefs sorry yeah absolutely (laughs) because i feel like it's so key to manifesting and i feel like that's the thing that keeps a lot of people from manifesting is oh no this is never gonna happen like it's not gonna happen and how am i gonna create something from thin air and it's just like no (laughs) 
I think one of the key things to remember when it comes to overcoming our limiting beliefs is that even if someone else was involved in that creation of the limiting belief or even if that belief was never really yours to begin with you are the only one who has the power to change it now so you need to release like any resentment or any this is someone else's fault any of the blame any of the resentment is keeping you out of stepping into your power and this isn't to say that you are to blame for the limiting belief it's just you have a responsibility to overcome it if it's something that's holding you back so as we are like walking subconscious minds until we're age seven and we're not developing any of our own thoughts, what happens is we become a sponge for everyone else's. And at that point we take home typically, you know, the people you spend the most time with. So that's your parents, your friends at school, you're adopting those beliefs and having them as your own. And typically we walk through life, not stopping to assess like, Hey, hold on. How did this belief get here? And do I actually believe it? So do I actually resonate with it? So when we do have the opportunity to look at that from an objective point of view, we have to make more of a practice of looking at the beliefs that we currently have and more than just looking at the beliefs that we currently have, but looking at the behaviors because sometimes it isn't easy identifiable to be like, oh, I have a limiting belief around this. But what is easy to identify is, hmm, this is interesting. Every time I set a goal, I then have this limiting behavior of, for example, procrastination. When did I start this and why did I start doing that? And then we can begin to kind of peel back the layers. And when you can peel back the layers, you suddenly, you know, you suddenly begin to see that, oh, this belief isn't as strong as I thought it was. And it's almost like in Scooby-Doo when you pull the mask off the villain and you're like, oh, this is who it really is. And that's the very same thing that we do with our limiting beliefs is we're taking the power out of them and then redirecting that power into what I like to call our limitless beliefs which are the beliefs that inspire us and empower us and make us feel confident to go out into the world and chase the dreams that we desire I love that so much and and then I wanted to also go back to the one about the masculine and the feminine energy why are those so important for manifestation because I I know about them and I've heard about them a bunch but I never really knew that they played a part in all of this So for most of us in society, the ideal of success that we have is primarily based on masculine ideals of success, right? Is on having a certain strategy, doing things a certain way, even things like hustle culture. And for some people that works really well, but for a lot of people, what's missing is that connection to your intuition and that inner guidance, which says that it's okay to do things a little bit differently or to think a little bit differently or to feel a little bit differently. So why it's important to balance these is because when we're acting in a way that's out of alignment, we're not going to manifest the things that are important to us. We're going to be manifesting from a place of fear or from a place of need rather from a rather than from a place of desire. So what we want to look at is balancing those energies. It's not necessarily a 50-50, but working out what feels good for you. Does it feel good for you to have a slow morning and to spend a couple of hours in a morning routine? Or does it feel good for you to just spend 50 minutes getting yourself set up and then carrying out your to-do list exactly as it's written on a piece of paper? Actually asking yourself these questions and building your sense of self-awareness really changes the way that you show up and also the way you feel about how you're showing up. Yeah. I love that so much. Yeah, it totally makes sense now for me. But also I wanted to ask you, I know you have all this framework and it works and it's, I feel like it's more specific to each and every one of us, but maybe you want to talk about personal experience. What is the best way that we can use this like framework? Like how can we manifest? Do we have to write it down as if it already happened? Do we have to visualize it? Do we have to feel the feelings that we will feel if it happened? Like what do you think is the best way or at least which one is the best for you? 
I think I love that you added the addition of the best way for you because it is it's incredibly personal to every single person and we have different learning styles some people may be more visual some people may be more auditory some people may more in touch with their feelings for me it's definitely a mix of kinesthetic which is your feelings and auditory which is um, hearing things so for example, for me, when I was in school or when I was in uni, the way that I would learn from my exams was everyone else would be writing down their notes and just writing their notes over and over and over again. For me, I would write my notes once and then I would walk around saying them like it was a speech because for me, I process information best through hearing it. So I would just talk it over and over again and then I'd memorize my voice telling me basically the answers. So when it comes to manifestation, something that's really powerful for me is both written and auditory so I will often talk to myself quite frequently the shower is a very very practical manifestation tool for me because I'm talking about my dreams and talking about my hopes and talking about my visions and I'm hearing it actualized in my voice something else that I really love is affirmations and I know that there are are some misconceptions about affirmations in that they don't actually work or what if you don't believe it and you're just saying Mm -hmm. this thing to yourself over and over again And I think affirmations are an incredibly powerful tool. And even if you are not at the place where you believe it now, the point is to get yourself to a level where you do believe it and is Mm -hmm. rewiring some of those thoughts that we're having on a consistent basis. You know, we're having so many thoughts a day that we are not consciously aware of. And you're taking some of those back and putting conscious awareness into them and feeding those ideas into your mind. So if you're someone who previously is like, "Mm, I'm not sure whether affirmations work, here's a situation Mm -hmm. I want to pose to you. So imagine you're waking up next to someone, you're waking up next to your partner and every day they turn around and they're like, oh, you're so rubbish. I hate being around you. You're the worst. Like, how is that going to make you feel if you're listening to that person talk to you that way every single day? It's probably not going to make you feel that good. What would the difference be if you woke up next and they're like, you're amazing. You are so incredible. I love spending time with you. You are unstoppable. You are fearless. That would make you feel incredible. And it's just the same with affirmations, except it's even more powerful because it's in your own voice. So I think it's really looking at the tools that excite you and that make you feel something because manifestation is so much about putting yourself in the position of feeling that way now, feeling excited, continually shifting your state, but also honoring all your emotions so that you know if you have a day where you're feeling a little bit off or you're feeling sad or you're feeling angry, that that's not going to cancel out your manifestation or send Mm -hmm. it back that it's really important to honor all of our emotions and not to repress anything because that's actually what causes those emotions to persist yeah I love that so much I feel like yeah it totally totally makes sense and again for me what makes what for me what, what helps me manifest is feeling the feeling that I would feel if I got certain thing um so I usually meditate on it and sit down and just really concentrate on the feeling not just the place or doing the, you know visualizing that visualizing doesn't really work for me but for me it's not again very stupid example but I usually do it anyway so for example I want to pass all my finals instead of visualizing the note on the computer what I do is I visualize how I would feel when I finish my finals I would feel relief I would feel happy I would feel excited I would feel relaxed and all of these things and just trying to channel those feelings as what works best for me uh but yeah but I love everything that you say and I feel like affirmations are so important and I want to start trying them because I'm I'm always open to new ways of manifestation I just feel like you should never close yourself to one because it doesn't really work I, I mean I don't know I feel like it's always nice to try new things especially with manifestation and yeah that's that, that's me <laughs> that's what I wanted to say uh, but I wanted to know also a little bit about for the people that may not know 
how or how it works i should have asked this at the beginning but i was so excited to know your framework that i just went straight to it how does manifestation actually work for the people that may not know it so the simplest way to think of manifestation is it really means just the process of making something real. So if you've ever heard the phrase thoughts become things, what that really means is that you have the thought about something that you would like to have. And then between the process of you being able to hold it in your hand or to have that experience, what happens in between. So the intention setting, building your belief, your spiritual tools and practices, all of that combined is manifestation. And that action is actually a really big part of manifestation as well. It's not enough just to think about what you would like to have, but you need to consistently be taking actions towards making that happen, whether that is, you know, physical going out there and getting it or changing your beliefs so that you believe it's possible for you, which is ultimately Mm -hmm. going to change the way that you act so we are all manifesting all the time when we talk about the process of manifestation for example on this podcast what we're talking about is conscious manifestation and bringing more of an awareness to how can I bring more of the things I actually want into my life and less of the things I don't want by bringing an awareness to how my subconscious mind works the relationship between my conscious and subconscious mind and really getting to the root of that so for me I think that manifestation is really looking at relationships and a huge part of that is the relationship between your conscious and subconscious mind because we're primarily operating in our subconscious minds you know like something over 95% of your mental life is subconscious and while that can sound scary also that's a good thing because imagine if you had to think about every single process that you had to do imagine each morning you had to relearn how to make your bed relearn how to brush your teeth relearn how to take no. a shower it would be exhausting so it's great they wouldn't be enough the day already exactly. is not enough imagine you if you had to learn all of that no yeah you would never get anything done so it's great that your subconscious mind kind of runs an autopilot in the background but something that can happen is often it is taking your limiting beliefs and running those in the background or taking things that aren't serving you and running those in the background so we want to look at those programs and patterns that we're running and changing some of them if they're not conducive to feeling good or they're not conducive to our success so manifestation is really looking at that and it's really about building that deeper sense of self-awareness and how you work so that you can make your life even brighter and feel even more incredible than it already is yeah Yeah, I love that so much. And I feel like manifestation is so powerful once you understand how it works and once you start overcoming those limiting beliefs sometimes that come with manifestation. I feel like you realize how powerful it actually is Um, and how, again, we all manifest. And I usually use the example of the car. You want to buy a car and all of a sudden you see that car everywhere. Um, For me, that's the best example for manifestation. Um, Yeah, the car example or... I don't know, you want to buy yourself some AirPods and all of a sudden you see AirPods everywhere and you're like, what's going on? That's manifestation, baby. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit about also um, on your email, you mentioned radical responsibility. So that what is that for you and how does it play a role in manifesting? So radical responsibility is really important because we have to see ourselves as the one with 100% power and 100% control over the ways that our lives look, our realities look, and that knowing that we are responsible for creating them the way that they are. So for a lot of people that can be challenging because they're like, well, there are all these things in my life that I don't want, or there are all these people that have treated me a certain way. How am I responsible for that? And 
without taking ownership for that, it means that you're saying that you don't have the 100% of the power and 100% of the control to change your life. So yeah, sure, you could and say that you don't have responsibility but it's much more empowering to say I do have responsibility and that means that I'm an all-powerful being who can really transform any situation in my life and even when it comes to looking back at relationships when you're like well it's not my fault that I had this toxic person in my past and while it's not necessarily your fault that that person exists you perhaps entertained them for longer than you should have or you were mm-hmm. attracted to something in that toxic person that is actually not a great a relationship to be attracted is a two-way street at the end of the day so we all have our part in those <laughs> yeah so it's really about taking ownership taking back the power and when it comes to manifestation you are 100% responsible for manifesting the things that you desire into your life and it's about saying okay now that I have all this power now that I know that I have this responsibility what do I want to change what am I like also honoring myself for having created already like we don't acknowledge our successes enough we don't acknowledge how much we've already done so radical responsibility also means checking in with yourself on a consistent basis and saying you did that and you are incredible and I love you I appreciate you thank you for creating my world this way Mm-hmm. I love that so much. I feel like that is so important and something that we just don't think sometimes about it. Now I want to move a little bit about the cure to toxic positivity. I feel like that's something we all deal with. Toxic positivity, especially in social media and on the internet, is everywhere all the time. So what do you feel is um, a way that we can, quote unquote, cure toxic positivity and how can we overcome it? So curing toxic positivity really looks at understanding why you would feel a need to be excessively positive in the first place. I think for a lot of people, that's due to the fact that they believe, well, in order to manifest what I want, I have to be really happy. I have to be like feeling 100%, 100% of the time. And we focus so much on the law of attraction, but there is also the law of polarity, which talks about duality in the universe. Everything has a positive and negative. And just as everything out there in the universe has a positive and negative, we have that too, right? We have the sun, we have the moon, we have light, we have dark. Everything has duality. So it's not realistic or positive to actually believe in the fact that you need to be positive all the time. And I've had days where I have felt terrible or I've been so sad and I've manifested some of my biggest wins to date so the mood itself doesn't actually impact your manifestation what impacts it is you feeling guilt or shame or anger around feeling sad or about feeling bad about feeling angry so it's not the emotion okay one second I love that sorry to cut you off but I love that because always what always happens I usually manifest while I'm meditating it's like a whole process like a 15 minute thing that I follow that helps me and I always I'm so, I feel like so, I always hesitate on meditating when I'm not in a bad, when I'm not in a good mood because I feel like, oh my God, I'm going to manifest something bad. I don't really want that to happen. Like imagine and all that. Um, And so, yeah, wow, that's, I I love that. Yeah. Go on. Sorry. I just need to say that. I had a revelation. For sure. You know, the mood itself doesn't matter. It's more about how you react to the emotion and how you react to that feeling rather than that itself. And when we know that we can stop ourselves from getting carried away anytime something does come up and it will pass so much quicker as well. If you just let yourself feel that feeling, ask what that feeling is here to show you what it actually means and moving through it. Sometimes it is a process of just like sitting in it. Like imagine you went through a breakup and your immediate reaction is like, no, I'm just going to say everything's fine. I'm positive. I'm so happy when that's not really the way you feel. 
it's not going to allow you to actually process the breakup and move forward in your life. So you do need to have a bit of time. Sometimes that isn't always happy, positive, outgoing, ready to take on the world to Mm -hmm. enrich your human experience. And can you imagine if we only felt happy 100% of the time, then it wouldn't actually feel so happy anymore because you'd have nothing to compare it to. That would be the norm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That would be not... Not what we want. Yeah, I love that. And I feel like, again, that is so key and important. It's probably going to be a clip for social media because I feel like we've been told everywhere they need to be in a complete state of positivity and happiness to manifest. And it's hard to get to that place sometimes, you know? I mean, life life happens around you. The day happens around you. Sometimes you have a bad day. Sometimes, I don't know, whatever happens, but you still want that other thing that you want and, you know... I don't know. I feel like that made so much sense. I feel clarity. For example, today I was in a good mood, uh, but I wasn't sure if I should manifest because I've been thinking about it. And then I was like, I should. Yeah, I should manifest anyways. Like, it's going to work anyway. I feel like also, again, as you said, we all concentrate on the law of attraction, but not the law of polarity. And I feel like those things are too, are way too important. So how can you realize and be aware that you're being part of this um, toxic positivity culture? Because I feel like we are so ingrained in it and we are all part of it because of social media. So how can we take a step back and be like, hey, I need to stop this? If you feel that you can't be honest or that you're not being honest about the way that you truly feel, I would encourage you to ask yourself why that is. Is it the people that you are around? You feel you need to act a certain way around them? Is it what you've seen online or read online that you feel you need to act a certain way? For me, being high vibration is not about specifically feeling happy or feeling like I'm radiating and emanating love. It's about being in alignment with myself and being true to myself. For me, being high vibration is true to myself. So from that aspect, I'm always in high vibration because I'm always working on being in deeper alignment with myself and being true to how I really feel. So if you notice yourself dipping into a positivity where you feel like you're lying to yourself or you're lying to other people about the way that you're Mm -hmm. truly feeling just give yourself permission to stop that and to have some time for self-reflection and to really come to grips with how you feel on a consistent basis to continually be checking in with the way that you feel whether that's through meditation or whether that's through journaling adopt the process of self-inquiry so you truly know how you actually feel and that you can get more mindful of those patterns as well so it doesn't just have to be like um for some people they find it difficult to say well what am I actually feeling but the more that you check in with yourself and you have that process of self-inquiry you can say oh I've got that strange tingling in my hand again that means that I'm excited or oh my head feels a little bit light that means I'm nervous about something and really honoring your body's patterns and knowing how you work because yeah sure you can like look up online like oh what do these feelings mean but the best indicator is yourself because you know yourself best and you are going to have that deeper relationship with yourself that no one else will have. Yeah, exactly. I love that so much. And how can we help others realize that they're being part of the toxic positivity culture? I think this question is a bit more tricky because sometimes saying this to other people, they can take it in the wrong way that we don't mean. So what can we do to kind of give a heads, give a heads, oh my God, give a heads up to other people to kind of let them know like, hey, you know. The best way to encourage other people to change is by embodying your own work and embodying your own beliefs and being an example. 
I think, you know, you don't necessarily want to be the person going up to your friend and saying, you're perpetuating toxic positivity. (laughs) That's not something that someone is going to receive very well. But if you're honestly showing up and sharing your emotions, sharing how you feel, people are going to respect that and you're going to inspire other people as well. So, you know, the law of oneness states that we're all connected. So when you're doing this work for yourself, you are inadvertently doing it for everyone else as well. Yeah. Wow, I love that so much. Amazing. But now I want to go on to the last topic that I want to close the episode with, which is how to connect to your intuition. I feel like it ties the toxic positivity and the manifestation out perfectly. So what are some different ways that we can connect to our intuition? (laughs) So as I mentioned before, meditation and journaling are really great for connecting with our intuition and that we all have a deep connection to our intuition inside of us that it may just be that we have not learned to listen for a really long time and that when we don't really listen to that voice it can be like oh is this the path I should take but the more you actually follow your intuition the more trust and faith you have so whether that's through crystals cards meditation whatever tools that you're using to help you access it on a deeper level do more of it until you feel like so grounded in your intuition that it would be crazy for you not to follow it so for me I think following my intuition you know five years ago is something that I would have definitely struggled with whereas now I'm like oh this feeling you know it doesn't even have to be words or symbols it can be feelings for me it can be words or symbols for some people and we all have psychic abilities within us whether that's clairvoyance clairaudience you know claircognizance Mm -hmm. um clairsentience And it's about strengthening these tools. It's not that some people are gifted and some people aren't. We are all gifted. It's just like, are we listening and are we accessing those gifts and really taking the time to lean into those intuitive feelings, lean into those intuitive nudges to build our trust and to build our faith in the power that they have. And to know that it's really exciting as well to have that intuition, have that connection to your higher self or your guides or your angels or whatever you like to call it is really sacred and really precious. So that's not something that we should ignore, but it's something that we should continually be striving to have a deeper relationship with. Yeah, I love that. And how can we differentiate, oh my God, how can we differentiate the kind of the voice of our intuition to the voice of fear or anxiety and all of that so again it's about knowing what it feels like in your body what intuition feels like what no feels like so something that I often encourage my clients to do is understanding what a yes and understanding what a no feels like in your body and it sounds like such a simple question but it's something that's really going to help guide you so if you think about something that happened in your past like something really exciting something amazing something incredible and you let yourself go into that memory and see everything that you saw hear what you heard and feel what you felt feel that in your body sit in that for 30 seconds now I want you to go back Mm -hmm. to a situation in your past where it was the opposite of that feeling where you felt like something didn't happen the way that you want it to you felt embarrassed or you felt closed off or something didn't go that way how does that feel in your body sit with that for 30 seconds so then when you have that what you believe to be an intuitive nudge and you're not sure whether it's your intuition or your fear telling you it's like which of those two feelings was that was it the feeling that I felt the first time round with the happy exciting memory or is it the second feeling that I had and that's a really good way to gut check and to know the other thing is your anxiety is you know always going to be giving you reasons and excuses so if it's like oh you shouldn't you shouldn't go to work today because of this blah 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 blah, blah and it's a massive train of thought mm-hmm. intuition is a lot more quiet it 
often is like one symbol or one word and you're like wait what does it mean it's like nope that's all I'm giving you it's your job to then go on and decode it so our subconscious mind often talks to us like in symbols and it doesn't really have that language that we would speak to ourselves and it can just be a lot quieter and a lot um a lot more reserved is the best way to explain it and when I'm saying the voices and stuff I just mean your your inner voice the inner dialogue yeah, that we yeah. all have that's like what your intuitive voice will, will typically sound like it's just your own voice so don't don't get freaked out yeah, um, yeah but exactly yeah. exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I love that yeah when I say the voice of fear of course it's not like a voice it's, it's <laughs> yeah. your own voice but I feel like I don't remember who I was talking to a while ago but she told me that there was a specific place that she needed to go for a specific treatment and she didn't because her intuition told her like you don't have to don't go and I remember asking her like how did you realize that was that wasn't fear from you know from going to the treatment she was like because it feels like calm when you listen to that voice you feel calm and you feel like in yourself and you feel connected with yourself if you go the route of fear or anxiety you don't feel calm you feel like the worst thing is gonna happen and like the worst case scenario is gonna happen so yeah I love that I love the intuition is so important and I feel like it's so hard to get in touch with uh, because we are I feel like we are taught to kind of disconnect from our intuition from a very young age so trying to come back to it 20 years later it's really hard um but I love that yeah so much um so I want to close the episode we've been talking for a while I want to close the episode in one question I ask every guest. So what excites you the most about your career today? I think connections, um, you know, whether it's connecting with people like you on your podcast, whether it's connecting with my audience over at Instagram, I do um, virtual retreats as well. I do five day virtual retreats and having, you know, hundreds of women together in that space and people all working mm -hmm. to releasing their limiting beliefs and creating those extraordinary visions and for taking ownership. There is nothing that excites me more than powerful women coming together to create an impact on the world. And I truly believe that we are changing the world and that is such a gift. Yeah, I love that so much. Well, do you want to shout yourself one last time on socials and where people can find you? Yes, so you can find me, the Manifest Edit podcast. This is the name of my podcast on Instagram. I'm at Salter underscore. And if you do want to join one of our next virtual manifestation retreats, they are completely free. We go for five days and it's like live calls, workbooks, meditations. It's, it's a whole party. You can join one of those by heading to afiasalter.com forward slash freebie. Amazing. I will totally, when I finish school, join one of those. I'm so excited. So Again, thank you so much for coming on. This was such a fun conversation and I feel like we all learned a lot. And to everyone listening, I'll see you next week. Bye.